Hey, Grace Chapel family, Alex here. Thanks for checking out this week's sermon audio. We had a little bit of a recording issue on Sunday morning, and about two-thirds of the way through the sermon, you'll notice the audio quality shift a little bit, but we did want to go ahead and make this audio available for you guys in case you missed or in case you wanted to listen again. We hope it encourages you and blesses you and ministers to you. We look forward to seeing you guys real soon. Thanks. I want to read our primary passage, and then I want to pray that this word takes root, Okay. We're going to be in Mark chapter 4 all morning. So the first few verses here, Mark 4, verses 1 through 9. This is talking about Jesus, and it says, Again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things and parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil. And immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched. And since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. And he said, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Lord, our prayer this morning is that we could hear you speaking to us. God, help us to to slow down, to quiet our hearts, quiet our minds. Lord, I pray more than than reading words on a page or on a screen, more than hearing me talk for a few minutes. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would come and speak truth into our hearts. God, that that, um, what you speak to us would find good soil and take root this morning. Holy Spirit, I thank you that that you're, you're the good, wonderful, beautiful gift that the Father prepared for us. Thank you that Jesus said it was better for us that he returned to the Father so you could come. And so, Holy Spirit, we say specifically this morning, we invite you to come and teach us. Help us to hear your voice. Help us to grow more and more accustomed to hearing your voice and walking with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, we're in the middle of a series on the Holy Spirit. We spent four or five weeks talking about who he is and looking at some of the key aspects of who he is. He's our helper, our teacher, things like that. Then last week, we shifted gears a little bit. We began to talk about how do we cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit? How can I know him? I don't want to just know about him or be aware that he exists. I was made to be in relationship with God. And the Holy Spirit's primary role is, is, is to operate in my life so I can have that real, tangible, living relationship with God. Now, it has an outward impact as well, and we'll move into that later in the series. But right now, we're talking about recognizing, hearing his voice, growing in our relationship with him. So last week, specifically, we looked at how do we learn how to hear his voice in our life more and more. We talked about the role that God's word plays in that, not only to make sure we're hearing accurately, But reading God's word gets us familiar with what his voice sounds like. I can recognize him 
when I'm going about my day because I'm familiar with his voice because I've spent time in God's word. We talked about living a life of worship and how that invites us into to knowing and hearing his voice. If I'm purposing to worship God as I go about my day, I'm more consciously aware of his presence and that maybe he wants to say something to me. Um, then we talked about how we can learn to hear his voice through his people. Sometimes he will specifically speak something through his people to us. Other times we're bouncing off of friends of ours, people that we know, what we think we're hearing, and we can get wise counsel and go, hey, is this, does this make sense? Is this lining up? Are you hearing this? He speaks to us through circumstances. I mean, there are just times where you can see God just putting pieces together. And he can even confirm things that you're stepping into or warn you against things maybe you shouldn't be doing. Um, and ultimately, you know, I don't, I don't know that we, as Americans specifically, and in this specific day and age, that, that we've opened ourselves up to this as much. But historically, biblically, and currently, the Holy Spirit speaks to us through signs and wonders. God does miraculous things. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. And so this is how the Holy Spirit speaks. So that was last, last Sunday. So this morning what we're going to talk about is um, growing in that. And we're going to talk about that by acknowledging that there are pitfalls along the way. Um, I've joked about this before. I'm terrible at growing things, but I have a daughter who's getting pretty good at it. Emily wanted to start a belated garden in our new house, and so she planted some, some beans and some lettuce and some cucumbers. Cucumbers aren't so happy, but we're getting some green beans and some lettuce um, right here at the tail end of the season. Um, but, you know, one of the biggest things you see in trying to help something grow is you realize it's not just about creating a good environment for growth. It's fighting against the things that would destroy it, the bugs that want to show up and um, getting the right amount of sun or shade and watering. And so a lot of the work is preventative. It's, it's getting rid of obstacles. And so that's kind of how we're approaching this morning. Now, this passage is typically understood and taught through the lens of just receiving the gospel message. And I get that. I think that's applicable right? If you've heard this before, you know, the seed being sown, we think of that just as the gospel message. Um, and I believe it's contained within that. But my hope is, and I'm saying this up front, even though we're going to get there a little further in, that when we look at what the seed really is, the seed specifically is the word of God. It's kingdom words that God wants to speak. And, and so God is, is wanting to speak kingdom truth into our life all the time. And so I want to encourage you this morning, um, don't just view this passage trying to figure out, well, which one of these soils am I? Instead, consider the possibility that in any given day, and maybe even in any given moment, you could be one of these soils. I mean, I, I feel like it, all in one day sometimes I'm the path, you know, and I'm just, well, I'm getting ahead of myself, but we'll see what the soils are in a minute, but uh, kind of go at this, not with the mentality of I'm trying to be one of these soils, but that these are conditions, circumstances, ways that I can find myself walking out my daily life. Does that make sense? Okay, so let's jump into this. I want to I wanna start this by just kind of telling you this story the way I heard it told once before. And I need to give credit where credit is due. Um, I heard Francis Chan speak on this passage years ago. And I love the way he told this. He said, you know, we look at these passages and we read them like really officially. We don't think about what was actually taking place. And so get the picture here for a minute. 
all of these people gather to hear Jesus and he has all of their attention. There's a multitude. He has all of their attention and this is what he says. A guy walked out with some seed and threw it on the ground. Some landed on the path, the birds took it. Some landed among the rocks, the sun burned it up. Some landed in the thorns, it choked it out. Some landed in good soil and it grew. If you get it, you get it. That's the passage. I mean, if you've read this passage before, we skip ahead where he starts unpacking what it means. That's not what he did in the moment. He just told a story about a guy throwing seeds everywhere. And then he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. It sounds really official, but he's just saying, either you get it or you don't. And then he doesn't stop to explain it. He doesn't stop to explain it. That might throw us off. Later, the disciples come to him and say, what was that about? Check this out. Yeah, I didn't get it. All right, verse 10. Check this out, the very next verse. And when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parables. Okay, here's the very first pitfall. Before we even get into the types of soil, the very first pitfall is this. Am I actually able to hear what he's saying? And I would, even, I would even encourage you to look at it this way. Can I hear what he's saying and will I hear what he's saying? Can I hear and will I hear? See, the multitude was present. You know, we can kind of just assume because we gather like this that we're in the camp of the disciples who hear. But everybody heard the story what was different is that the disciples purposed, I want to hear. I will hear. I'm determined to understand what is he talking about. And so they went back and asked him. The, the, the ability to hear God starts with a desire to hear God. I think many of us have wondered, you know, how do these other people have a relationship with God? And they talk about hearing his voice and we get confused and it's like, have, have you just even gotten past step one? Do you want to hear him? And then if you do want to hear him, then the next question is, can I hear him? Well, I can hear him by going after it. By saying, God, what are you saying there? By leaning in a little bit closer. Don't let it just wash over you. Purpose to seek it out. What is he saying? This is what apprentices, you know, we use the word disciple. It's an apprentice. This is what an apprentice does. They, they follow around the master, they observe what he's doing, and they ask questions. Hey, hold on, how'd you do that? What were you doing right there? Can you show me how to do that? You, you, you purpose to learn from and use what you're learning. Have you guys ever been in a position like that? I realize the, the master-apprentice role is kind of a lost thing in our culture, but we do this on smaller scales, right? Like if you start a, a new job or something, or maybe you do it without even realizing. Like maybe you're a kid and you, you learn from your mom watching her do stuff around the house and then come alongside of her and learn. There are ways we do this. We just don't maybe label it officially as master apprentice. But, but we learn. And so the way that we can hear God's voice is purposing to be one of his disciples. Watch what he says, verses 11 through 13. He said to them, to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive, 
and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? What he's saying, first of all, is simply this. The main reason you don't hear. In fact, most of the people don't hear. And the reason is they are simply not purposing to live in God's kingdom. If I'm purposing to live in his kingdom, to be his disciple, then it can start to become very familiar to me to hear his voice. Now, let's not, let's not let this stay in the realm of, of mysterious for a second. Uh, hopefully, kingdom is becoming more and more familiar to all of us. But at the simplest level, a kingdom is where what the king wants happens. There's a king, and then there's the people that follow the king. And so living in God's kingdom means I'm purposing that he gets to be in charge. And so I'm positioning myself to hear him and follow him. If I will purpose to live in his kingdom, then I can lean in and say, God, what are you saying to me? And I can begin to hear his voice. I can seek out what he's saying. Does this make sense? Now, one of the ways he's describing this with them, you know, I, I can learn something at times by looking at the negative, the reverse of it, right? And so he says, the people that are missing it, they hear maybe, but they don't understand, and then they don't turn, and they're not forgiven. So what's the opposite of that? What does kingdom living look like? I hear what he's saying. I understand it. So I'm seeking him out. God, what is it specifically that you're saying? I, I, I purpose to understand what he's saying to me. I hear it, I understand it, and then simply I act on it. That's what turning is. Turning is, is specific, tangible, practical. Oh, God, I hear what you're saying. You're saying this. Okay, and I turn. And then the, the beautiful thing that happens when I turn is everything's all right. Everything's all right. He's not turning me to beat me up. He's turning me towards something good. And so I'm forgiven. I move forward in health. This is, this is how we hear God's voice. I want to hear, I want to understand, and I want to apply it. And if I've been doing something that's off track, I can be assured he's going to forgive. Knowing and following the king is the way to life in Jesus. This is why this series is titled Abide. I'm abiding in the king's house, and I'm following his rule and reign. All right. Now, he begins to unpack the parable. He begins to explain it. So the stage has been set. The disciples that, that can actually hear him and recognize his voice are the ones that lean in and say, God, will you talk to me about this? And now he's going to do it. And so very simply, he starts out by saying, Matthew 4.14, the sower sows the word. Here's what's happening. There's a sower and the seed that he's scattering. It's the word of God. That's what's taking place. I love Matthew's gospel. In Matthew's gospel, when he's describing this, um, he says the seed is the word of the kingdom. I love that additional piece, the word of the kingdom. The things that he's saying that lead to kingdom principles. The king's saying, hey, do this, go this way, consider this, do this. And we operate. Now, notice the picture here. And, and as it unfolds, we see this. The sower sows indiscriminately. The sower doesn't walk around hoarding the words of the kingdom and saying, I'm looking for just the perfect right soil and that's where I'll drop it. What's the sower doing? I mean, I feel like he's kind of being wasteful. 
Why would you throw seeds out on a path? But, but what the sower does is scatter the word everywhere. Everywhere. God is speaking kingdom words to all people at all times. Will I hear him? He's speaking kingdom truth all the time. Will I hear him? The issue is not whether or not God is speaking. The issue is what are the conditions of my heart so I can receive what he's speaking? That's the point. So as Jesus continues now talking about how to hear and receive the kingdom words that God is speaking all the time, he's going to give us three warnings and one encouragement. The first warning. The way I want to do this, and um, it might be easier to follow along on the screen, if you are reading in your Bible, you can kind of go back and forth. I want, to, I want to do these three pieces by looking at the story he told and then immediately looking at how he describes it. So the first chunk is the seed that fell on the path. So I'm going to read verse 4 and then verse 15. And he sowed, and some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Verse 15. Now he's explaining. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. It's interesting to me that specifically it's on the path. The idea is I'm, I'm heading somewhere. I'm moving somewhere. The picture here is I'm too busy to hear. I'm too distracted to hear. Maybe the picture is I'm walking my own path, so I don't really have time to consider his path. I've arranged for this. I'm going this way, and I'm thinking about where I'm heading, and there's no room for him to speak into my life. See, it, it, could, be, it could be specifically kind of just a hardened heart of like, I've got this. I've got this. That could be an issue. But I, I think it's also possible to want to hear him, to think it would be great to hear him, but man, I'm just going. Life's full, life's busy, I'm distracted. And it just bounces off. And before it even has a chance to land, it's just snatched up and gone. I, I wonder how often we've missed stuff that he's wanting to say to us, but because we're just going, 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 we can't hear he invites us to slow down and consider. So I want to encourage you with a couple things here. Number one, busyness. I want you to consider this. Busyness is a physical behavior. Sometimes we are just physically so busy and on the go with work and whatever else that it's hard to hear. But can I, can I also suggest to you that busyness is a mentality? That it's actually possible to be physically busy and productive while being unhurried and unrushed in our heart and mind. Living like this, it takes two things. And these things are hard. And it takes patience. It takes patience. And it takes humility. It takes humility to slow down long enough to let him take charge. It's easy to grab the reins of myself. If I want to learn to hear his voice, I have to be willing to slow down. And sometimes that's very physical and tangible and practical, like set time aside. And a lot of times it's here and here. Purposing to slow down and not be so rushed and so, ah. Uh, 
just recognize he's here, he's present, he's with me. I can wait on him. I can have some humility and let him speak into situations and watch what happens. All right, he continues. We move on from the seed that fell on the path. If we look now at verses 5 and 6, just a reminder, other seed fell on the rocky ground where it did not have much soil. And immediately it sprang up. It actually grew quickly. Since it had no depth of soil, it was easy for it to just get rolling. And the sun shone on it, the little bit of water that was there hit it, and it just rocked and rolled. It sprang up, had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, it got really hot, it scorched it. And since it had no root, it withered away. I couldn't help but think about that when you were sharing about the root tree. Right? It withered away because it had no root. Verse 16. Jesus now describes what that's about. He says, these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, they immediately receive it with joy. But they have no root in themselves, and they just endure for a while. But then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. So this is like, man, I actually heard the word. I heard God speak something into my life. Maybe I even acted on it. It was awesome. God, you spoke. This is so cool. And I even see some immediate results. And it's exciting. Something's happening. But when it really came down to it and life started to get hard, when I started walking out, maybe even that thing I thought I heard him say, and it gets difficult along the way, man, it just shrivels up the whole thing. This is, this is what comes from following emotions instead of cultivating emotions. Following emotion instead of cultivating relationship. It's interesting because this is something that you don't necessarily spot at first. Right? The immediate results were positive. This is exciting. There's growth. This is awesome. But in fact, it was the opposite. It looked good at first and then it didn't last. See, here's what happens. If, if I'm living emotionally and hearing God's voice, that I'm trusting how I feel before, during, and immediately following whatever's going on. And so we can have these emotional moments where, man, we, we recognize God's spirit, we hear his voice, something's happening, I get fired up and excited. Maybe I even respond in the moment. But then when I start living with the consequences of whatever I walked out, man, life gets hard. I'm telling you, if you've ever experienced this with like a really big decision, like you trusted God for a really big decision and you sought Him and you, you heard and then the results of that decision are not what you had anticipated. It started to get really hard, really difficult. Man, that'll start burning away at your faith. And typically it's going to burn away in one of two ways. I've, I've seen this in my life personally. I've either seen it cause me to question Him and His goodness or I question my own ability to hear his voice. Did I really even hear that? Did you really even say that? God, do I even hear your voice at all? I'm questioning whether or not I heard him correctly. I'm questioning, is he really good? Like, why would he have me do this thing, make this decision, walk this path, and then it turn out this way? See, see notice this, this particular plant that started to grow, it heard something positive. It actually heard the word 
It just got difficult once they started walking it out. Y'all hearing this? It got difficult along the way. There are going to be times where God's going to invite us into things and it's not going to fit our American mindset, our results-based mentality. I do A and God said it, so it must equal B, which is like prosperity and smooth sailing and everything's great. I think it's actually possible that he'll invite us to do things at times that are going to be really, really difficult and hurt a lot. Yeah. In fact, I don't think it's just possible. I think it's likely mm-hmm. that there are going to be times where he invites us into something. And we heard him accurately. And then it got difficult along the way. Mm. Man, I'll tell you what. I, there was no doubt in my mind, and there still isn't. There was no doubt in my mind that God spoke clearly to my wife and I to adopt our son Micah. But I'm telling you, especially the first year, but many times since, this has been attacked. God, are you really good? Would you have invited us into this if you're a good God? Lord, did we really hear from you? Did we just kind of make this happen? Was this an emotional decision? And the truth is, it was him. And he is good. And it's what he intended. And guess what? It's difficult. But it was right. And it was good. And I have a son. He drives me crazy. And he's awesome. He's awesome. But, but it gets hard sometimes along the way. It's hard sometimes along the way. The issue is being more interested in chasing the miracle worker and not trying to chase the miracle. Yeah. Does that make sense? I'm I'm not looking for just results. I'm not looking to hear something that just speaks into my moment, makes me feel good. I'm ready to roll. Sweet. But I'm I'm actually rooted in relationships. So whatever the results, maybe they are wonderful and it just blossoms and is great. Maybe it leads to some difficulty. But that I can know. I heard his voice. I trust him. He's good. And I'm in for the long haul. And that requires roots going deep. The goal is this. Depth, growth, stability. Yeah. Long-term health. Not a short-term, I need to hear God to speak into this thing right now, right away, immediate, I need it right now. Where are you, God? Mm. He shows up in immediate ways and does miracles. Yes. But is my relationship with him based on him showing up in this immediate moment when I feel desperate and in need? Or am I aware that he's present always speaking good things, even hard things, and that they're for my good and for my benefit. And so I'm trusting on the solid rock in which I stand. I'm letting my roots go deep into him. So I'm rooted and grounded in what? In Christ. Christ. We're called to be rooted and grounded in Christ. So the second warning, seek relationship, not results. Mm -hmm. Seek relationship, not results. Number three, going back up to verse seven. Other seed fell among the thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and it yielded no grain. And Jesus explains this in verse 18. And others are the ones sown among the thorns. They are those who hear the word. But listen to this. The cares of the world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word and it proves unfruitful. Now for time's sake, I mean, you can almost do a sermon on each of those three things, but for time's sake, 
Let me just briefly hit each of these. So the first one, the cares of this world. I think the most tangible way that we experience this is living a life of stress and anxiety. Mm. The cares of this world just wring it out of me. And what's interesting is a lot of times what's behind stress and anxiety is, is a mentality that like, it feels like it's based on something that's right. I'm being responsible. I'm trying to take care of things. The problem is I'm trying to be the king. Mm -hmm. I'm taking on responsibilities I wasn't supposed to take on. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to make things happen that may not even be the things he wants to have happen. Or I'm worrying about things that I'm fearful of and trying to control. And I have no ability to control them anyways. But stress and anxiety can just wring the life out of us. Man, it is. I've just learned this in personal relationship. Like with my wife. If I'm stressed and anxious and there's a lot going on, you know what I miss? I miss her. I miss where she's at, what she's got going on, what she's feeling. I read our relationship through the lens of my stress and anxiety. And either she's adding to it or maybe relieving some of it. But it's a selfish focused thing. But when I'm able to be at rest and not stressed and anxious, man, I I can see her. I'm present. I can be aware of what's going on with her. Well, map that over in our relationship with God. If I'm stressed and anxious, I'm trying to be king. I'm trying to be in charge. I'm trying to make it happen. Mm -hmm. It's actually pride. Mm -hmm. Trying to control and run things instead of trusting him. We've got to learn to trust him. All right, secondly... The deceitfulness of riches. I think it's interesting that he calls it not riches, but the deceitfulness of riches. You know what this means? Nobody thinks this is them. Yeah. Nobody thinks this is them. We assume this is somebody else that's doing great. Life's good and they're provided for and they're just kind of resting and trusting in that. We... I don't know about you, but like when I think of riches, I immediately think of people have more than me. Do you ever consider riches and think about who has less than you? I don't. That's not my default mentality. I go, I go up. Oh, people with riches, they're here. Just the very fact that you're sitting in a cafeteria in the United States of America means there's a really strong chance you could be one of these people trusting in the deceitfulness of riches. It's not just about how much is in your bank account. It's a mentality. Am I focused on pursuing the pleasure I can arrange for? That's what that's that's about. I can control it. I can arrange for it. I I can spend my time, my energy, my resources arranging for what makes me feel safe, what makes me feel good, what brings me pleasure. And I can trust in that instead of trusting in the provider. The one who provides for all of our needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Again, I think the issue is control. I want to control and arrange my life and I use my finances to make sure I'm good. And I'm trusting in the deceitfulness of riches instead of in him. Mm -hmm. And so it chokes it out. I can't hear him. Maybe he actually wants me to take some risk, have some faith, step into something I can't control and watch what he might do. I don't know. Third, the desires for other things. Listen, at the simplest level, this is about lust. And we hear the word lust 
often our brain immediately goes to stuff in the sexual realm. But lust is this thing that is never satisfied. Mm -hmm. I can't get no satisfaction. Mm -hmm. Someone once wrote. Mm -hmm. I just, I, I can't get enough. I can't get enough. Jesus says that the antidote to that is those who hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. Yes. They'll be satisfied. See, if, if I'm desiring to be in right standing with God and receive from him, I can, I can get satisfaction. I actually think one of the biggest obstacles here or, or potential pitfalls here for lust is we, we reach a place of boredom with God and his word. Watch out for this mentality that says, I already know that. Mm-hmm. For example, sometimes it's, it's hard for me to even choose to preach from a passage that I think of as being really familiar, like the one we're looking at this morning. <laughs> like everybody knows that story. If you've been in church for five minutes, you've heard the parable of the sower. Like that's where my brain goes, right? It's like we can just have that mentality of like, I know this and I've got this. No, but you don't know what he wants to say to you right now. Yeah. And, and you don't know how this thing, maybe you've even heard 10 times, is going to come to life in the specific moment season that you're in or that someone you're going to touch is in. Yeah. That you can take that and go, oh man, this, here, now. Because God is alive and his word is living, living active, powerful, sharp. Yes. But if I'm just checked out and bored and I know this and I've heard this, Boredom is what leads us to pursue other things. Mm -hmm. I'm just chasing other things, and I'm missing the really good thing he wants to give. Mm -hmm. Watch out for it. This is what Paul was warning Timothy about in 2 Timothy 3. If you you read the whole chapter, man, the first few verses are devastating. But he's he's listing just a selfish life and what we pursue and the behaviors that leads to. And then he finishes it by saying this in verse 7. Always learning but never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. I can be around, I can be hearing it, but is it landing? Am I I hearing something specific from God that's touching my Mm. life and is changing me? And I find satisfaction in Him. Be careful not to use the Holy Spirit to rubber stamp your own desires. Mm. I've watched that time and time again. I want something... I'm pursuing something. I even put a biblical spin on it or this is something God would want or that he would desire. But really, it's just a desire I've come up with and then I want to use the Holy Spirit to go, see, I'm good. I can do that. That's the danger of the way these thorns come in and choke because I'm just caught up in this life, in this world. Stress and anxiety, the deceitfulness of riches, lust and desire for other things instead of just saying, God, what do you want to say to me? I'm hungering and thirsting for you and for your righteousness and letting you satisfy. Two ways to help prevent this, and I'm going to wrap things up. Number one, kind of the topic of the whole morning, but specifically, listening for his voice with this mentality. Whose life am I living? Mine or his? And then secondly, when I think I'm hearing something from him, compare it to his word and wise counsel. And I actually think wise counsel is near you. It's mm. near you. Are you willing to bounce that off somebody that knows? Mm. They know they know you. <laughs> they know what's going on in your life. Your wife, your husband, your close friend, your family member. 
when you think God's saying something, but it's like, I just, I want to make sure I'm not just chasing my own thing here. Well, what does God's word have to say about that? And what do some people who know you and walk with him, what do they think about that? Mm-hmm. See, right off the bat, that, that creates a mentality of humility. Mm-hmm. I can't chase what I want if I'm slowing down long enough to, to run it by some other trusted people. It can help me get back on track. So that's the third warning. Don't let the cares of your life choke out the life of Jesus in you. I'm so thankful that he ends with a word of encouragement. Verse 8. Other seed fell into good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. Verse 20. It didn't even take much explanation. He just says, Um, But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word, Mm -hmm. accept it, and bear fruit. I hear, I receive it into my life, and it produces something. And it produces 30, 60, 100-fold. See, I think one of the reasons he gives us that picture of 30, 60, 100-fold isn't that we're going to compare and go, you're like a 30-fold person over there, and you're like a a 100-fold person over here. But it's like, no, it's just he's sowing stuff into my life all the time. And if I'll take it in and receive it, man, I can watch it produce something. There's all kinds of harvests he wants to bring about in my life. But I'm not living for the harvest. I'm living for the sower. I want to receive what the sower gives. And if I will position myself to hear and respond and take that in, it will produce a harvest. Mm -hmm. Maybe not what I think, maybe not what I expect, but it'll be good. Because he's good. And he loves us. I'm going to pray in just a minute, but I, I, want to, I want to encourage you in something. I want to give you homework. And so you got two avenues for this to play out this week, all right? Um, you can do this in your life group. Well, Kristen, we'll maybe chat this afternoon. Kristen does a great job writing our life group questions, by the way, every week. She's been really faithful to do that. Um, so we'll practice this in life group a little bit. But I want to encourage you to do this on your own this week. So, so here's your assignment, okay? Take and apply what we've talked about the last two Sundays and then continue in this passage. Jesus tells three more short parables. And why don't you lean in like a disciple and see what he may teach you personally, what he might say to you personally. Maybe it's just one of them that he's really talking to you about. But verses 21 through 25, he talks about a lamp and says, don't hide it under a basket. If you've ever been in Sunday school, you could probably sing the song while you're reading (laughs) reading the passage. All right, and the next one in verses 26 through 29, he talks again about a sower's mentality, but it's it's a different thing that's happening. A sower's scattering seeds and it grows, and he doesn't even know how it works. And then the third one is he compares uh, to the grain of mustard seed that grows into this huge tree, and the birds come and find nest in its shelter. All right, so I would encourage you tackle those three and do this: pray. Invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Read the word. And then sit and consider it. And if you're doing it in life group, talk to each other. Listen to each other and see what comes up. I'm excited. We're going to hear him speak this week. We're going to hear him speak. Let's pray. God, I thank you that you love us. God, I thank you that you are speaking kingdom truth and life into our lives constantly. And God, I pray that, that we would be the kind of people that, that look for it. God, that we'd be disciples that want to abide in you. And so we seek out 
what you're saying and we seek to understand it. God, would you help us to, to, to recognize, even, even just daily, God, when we can just get busy and distracted because we're just running down the path, Lord, when we can, we can just get emotional along the way and question and doubt because we're just not sure if we heard right, or God, even at times when we can just get wrapped up in the cares of this world and it rips us off from what you're saying. God, help us to recognize those pitfalls. And God, instead, that we be hearers who grab hold of it. God, that it sinks in and produces fruit in our life. We want to know you. We want to hear your voice. God, we want to be rooted in right relationship with you. And so, God, would you be faithful to come and speak like we know you will? Would you help us to lean in and to hear your voice and understand what you're saying? and watch it produce much fruit. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.